Warning, the Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. After a few weeks, or a couple weeks, of it being just Dave and I, Juan and Jim are back in studio. However, we are still without video. So if you're going to our YouTube page wondering where our videos are, we should hopefully have this up again before the end of the month. But And if you work for the software called vMix... We need you to respond to our emails, please. Please do that. Okay? It We're is... trying to contact you. I sent a pigeon yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard anything back. It's ridiculous. How epic would that be, dude, if you pull in from work and there's a pigeon on your mailbox and you go up to it expecting it to fly away because you're just going to check the mail. And this is like a bold pigeon. And that's when you notice it has a message. It has a message for me. And it's from Adam Minahan, like, oh my gosh. It would totally blow away the handwritten note. I mean, it was this extra step. If it was not a handwritten note, if you had printed it off on the computer (laughs) and sent it via via pigeon, just like I'd be a little upset about that. Like I would be so excited only to just be a little let down. And and like maybe want to fight you. You know, like it'd be I'd be angry. Like you that much? You sent a pigeon with a Printed, <laughs> printed note. You printed it on the computer. Yeah, that's a bummer. Hey, so when you're listening to this right now, we're in Ireland. We're not currently in Ireland, but when you're listening right. to this, we will be we in will Ireland be. Uh, with Father Sean Donovan and God willing. Yes, God willing. Uh, so, but we're going to be uh, preparing for our new pilgrimage here uh, very soon. So go to selectinternationaltours.com/slash/catholicmanshow uh, and sign up for all updates that will happen whenever we. Have another pilgrimage. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. If this one is like just an epic disaster, then maybe we won't do another one. But I, th- I but I don't foresee that being I don't, the case. I also don't foresee that being the case. It's going to be awesome. Right. Uh, and like, I'm excited about it. Yeah. So I'm uh, excited to get to like hang out with the people who are coming with us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. get to spend time with them, to get to know them, and to get to travel to Ireland together. Yeah. Get to go, awesome. like, go to mass every day together. That'd be like epic. it's gonna be cool. Like we're all gonna leave Ireland as friends. Yes, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Another awesome thing. Since we're on the awesome kick right now. Okay. We have one less pagan in the world. That is awesome. Which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, my daughter Susanna Marie was baptized today. Praise yes. God. Baptized in the Holy Catholic mm. faith. She smells so good. Yes. And uh, Mark, Becky, Gabriel, the godparents. Godparents. Yep. Uh, so far, Mark. So, if you listened last week, Mark is the one who made the epic catch in the wiffle ball tournament and hit the grand slam and hit the grand slam. Yeah, so that's probably sealed the deal for the godparents, huh? Yeah, it's like okay, what could happen? Well, they were already we had already asked him, I'm so just joking. he had, I guess, a lot of pressure. Maybe I don't, I'm not yeah. sure. But uh, so far, they are um, really hitting on all cylinders. Uh, offered their uh, family rosary today for Susanna and having a mass celebrated for her tomorrow. Nice. So like, as godparents, you're checking the box. They are winning. Yeah, I mean, not that it's competition. I just mean that, like, in the general sense, you know, that like you're doing a good you're job. You're doing awesome. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, uh, our friend Deegan uh, Garlic wrote an article on how to be godparents, like practical ways uh, for Catholic answers. Recently, uh, um, yeah, within the last few months. So if you go okay. to if you go to Catholic.com and you just type in Garlic, um, you'll find his. His article on how to be godparents, like the herb, is garlic a herb? Uh, I I don't I don't know that answer. I, I also I'm, don't I'm, know. I'm assuming so, um, but it's not like that. It's with the K at the end. Um, garlic is with the C. No kidding. The C. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Autocorrect. Just get you every time. Um, 
So you think you know how to spell something. You think you know a guy. And then you find out that tomorrow has two R's in it. It's a vegetable. It's a vegetable. Thank you, Mr. Producer. Yes, thank you. Uh, so anyway, so if you're looking uh, for, you know, if you're about to have a, a child and looking for godparents, this is a good article like to read up on to, mm-hmm. to be able to Because it's not a popularity discern. contest. It's not a popularity conte- contest. And if also, if you are a godparent, you're like, man, I haven't really done anything uh, as a godparent. It's a good article to kind of give you some practical things of how to how to be a good godparent. If you're looking for a good godparent, Juan Posada, I think, is a fantastic godparent. I agree with that. I agree like, with that. He really takes he takes an active active role. That's true, and I really appreciate that about him. I agree. Way to go, Juan. Um, so this evening we're we're uh, drinking uh, Japanese whiskey. When's the last time we've had a Japanese whiskey? I don't know. We had one on the show like a year or two ago. Sure. And I think that was it. We've had several on the show, actually. Right. I'm just thinking yeah, of the last the, one the we last had. One. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, do you, how do you think you say that? I'm saying Matsui. 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 The Matsui? Just say it like you're Japanese. Matsui. Matsui. That was fine. Yeah, that could have been it, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a Japanese whiskey that's peated. Which I'm Which so it, excited about. I so, have not tried it. It's in uh, my glass, and I've been resisting. So it's um, it's just so. Let's see. It says this whiskey involves a mellow, fruity sweetness with a smoky peat finish. Mm. This masterpiece, caref- uh, carefully crafted with heart and passion, in the cut of uh, to prove a high quality natural spring water um, in Japan, in order to maintain the integrity of the whiskey. No artificial coloring is added. Unchilled filtered distilled in japan in, in japan every japanese whiskey i've had has been really good yeah the uh what is it the satur uh centauri Sun- yeah centauri the yamazaki yes. i think is another, another good that's one. a really good uh, summer whiskey to, really? for me yeah um so anyway we're on the lord's team the winning side so where's your glass cheers to jesus cheers. cheers it's got a uh on the nose it's got a really sweet smell it's like um I don't know, kind of like, you know, when grass has like fresh cut grass has a kind of like sweet uh, smell to it. I'm mm-hmm. trying to like, what I don't know really a better way to describe that, but it kind of reminds me of that. Maybe like wheat that's, you know, like fresh, fresh uh, yeah. hay kind of a little bit. Yeah, it's really, really, it, it's really good. I like the peat at the end. Um, spoiler alert. I actually had this last week when we were going, when we came here to record hmm. and we found out that our VMix wasn't working. And we all like just poured a glass and started talking. I poured this glass. What? Yeah. Hmm. I'm just not a good friend. But I did that. So, Jim on the yummy scale. It's good. It's good. Oh, it's not yummy. Well, he didn't like peated scotches or whiskeys, peated whiskeys. You need to try, Jim, what we had last week. You missed out. The rye whiskey. The rye whiskey. It was really it was good. good. It was yummy. Um,. So yeah, so we actually pour these in Catholic Man Show Glen Karen glasses. If you go to, to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show, sign up to be a patron. We send, for everybody, $10 a month or more, uh, we send a free Catholic Man Show Glen Karen glass so you can drink whiskey uh, as a refined gentleman in scientifically proven glasses that make your whiskey taste better. Adam, one thing I cannot figure out is how do they get our logo onto the glass? Lasers. It's lasers, Dave. Are you serious? It's laser etched with lasers. They laser etch it with lasers. That make it also dishwasher safe. You can put this in the dishwasher. You can. We also have, we haven't talked about this, and we actually have, and because we haven't talked about it, we haven't really um, moved a whole lot of them. We have some really awesome 16-ounce beer can glass Oh yeah, uh, man. style, uh, the Catholic Man Show glasses. This is... Yeah, well, we don't. We're Jim's handing. Yeah, like, yeah, put this on camera. Yeah, oh, we yeah, don't I forgot. Camera. We don't have V-Mix, camera. please respond to our emails. But <laughs> uh, uh, these, these, these are, are my are... wife, Lady Pamela, her favorite glass that we have. She drinks out of it all the time. Yeah, so, do, so does Haley. She loves these glasses. Um, phenomenal. Even if you're not a beer drinker or a, a whiskey drinker, obviously not a whiskey. If you pour a whiskey glass. <laughs> That's a nice. <laughs> let me tell you, it's a nice whiskey glass. 16 ounces. Um, but even if you're not a beer drinker, these glasses you're Andre are, the Giant. are super awesome. I mean, they're just really, It is really a nice, nice glass. Yeah. Um, so for $25 or more a month. Also laser etched. Laser etched with our, lo- with lasers. With our uh, name on there. You can, you, you can get one of those. We're also going to be um, sending out 
our new book to $25 a month patrons or more. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you sign up, so go check that out. Patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. We get it. You're not supporting it just for the free gifts. Um, however, this is just a way for us to say thank you for your support. Uh, we actually don't make any money the first month that you support us because we're sending out all these things. But unlike a lot of other people, we send it to you right away anyway. Right. I mean, we just do that because you because know, we trust you. And if you betray us, well, you might go to hell. So terrible way to I'm go. Just to hell. saying, that'd um, be a stupid thing to go to hell for. Yep. But whatever. Hey, you make your own choices in life. You gotta live with them. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the whiskey? You know, it's really good. I'm trying to pinpoint what the flavor is. At first, I was thinking like, oh, maybe it's like a little bit of, like almost some melon. But it's it's not a sweet. Like that's it's not no, a melon because it's like a lemon. Is that what it is? It's lemon. Yeah, it, it's it's, uh, it's like the Centauri with peat. Like if you have ever had the Centauri whiskey, it's like that with peat. Yeah, is what it is. Yeah, you're right. That's what it is. But I really like it. Um, it's not sweet, but um, it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's not boring. It's not you know. Sometimes you drink a whiskey and you're like, yeah, it's smooth and boring. Um, this one, yeah, it's like a little bit intriguing. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, I do too. I just what? How old is it? What's the age? Does it have it, an age statement? It does not. Okay, well, I dig. How much was it? Eighty dollars. Yep. So, uh, when we got, we're gonna talk about marriage this evening. We're gonna talk about a little St. Thomas Aquinas, some of marriage. Um, a couple other things. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan. We're going to be talking about marriage, different kinds of marriage. Is that what it is, Adam? Uh, the four types of marriage. The four sp- types of marriage. That are spoken in Holy Scripture. Okay. That's what is, we're going to talk about. Is tonight, Josephite one of them? No, that's not what we're talking about. Hashtag Josephite, my favorite hashtag. <laughs> Throw it in at just the right moment. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Four people will understand right. it. <laughs> it's only like it's a Catholic joke, right? I get that. If you ever see like a a married couple arguing on Twitter, throw in hashtag Josephite. <laughs> Just for yourself. All right. Like this is for me. I get that like maybe they won't get it. It's not for them. It's for you. It's for you. Yeah. Yeah, so um And make sure to tag me, because I'll get it too. Like you check social media. Right. But like maybe in five years when I actually log back onto Twitter, <laughs> I'll see it and I'll laugh. Okay. That's fair. The future present for future Dave. Nice. Yeah. So this week I was, I stumbled upon some of the homilies of uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. I was reading some, actually, I was reading them for, uh, you know, we're part of the Eucharistic revival right now. Uh, the USCCB has yeah. three year plan for all dioceses going through, through the Eucharistic revival. Can I just revival. ask you about that real quick? Yeah, I can't guarantee I know the answer. Okay, just because, um, honestly, just up front, I get you know a little bit suspicious, or I'm a little bit jaded sometimes about the things that the USCCP does in general, because mm-hmm. some of the things that they've done have been so stupid. You know, like you look at, oh, here's they're going to have this conference, and they have this, like, oh, we're going to bring in these uh, hip hop dancers because, like, that's how people are going to come to Christ because we have hip hop dancers to like show that we're relevant. And it's like, you realize people stopped breakdancing in 1996. You realize that. But they don't. They don't know. It's just so stupid. Um, and some of the things that they do and say, I just think are wrong and I terribly disagree with. Um, I respect, obviously, their office as bishop and um, have a lot of reverence for them in that office. And even as men. Um, but the Eucharistic revival, when I heard about it, I was excited. Like, I want... I want to be like excited. I want to be in on this. Like, exactly, because right. I love the Eucharist. Um, and um, a lot of the things that the, UC, the USCCB does are really great. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, just as Adam Minahan, knowing more about this than David Niles, how is it going? The, like, 
Is it trending in a good direction so far? Well, I think it's definitely dependent upon diocese. Okay. So I don't like, see that's the thing. I don't even know what the revival consists of, like how it's operating, what it's so means. like anything, it's going to be if if you're it's just like anything, any diocese. If your diocese is really far, like going to invest a lot of interest and, and a lot of resources and a lot of time into it, it's going to thrive. If uh-huh. it, if it does not, and it's just another thing, and it just kind of okay, we're just going to check all these boxes and move on. It's not going to yield much fruit. Okay. But there's so meat I, on the bone. It's hard to, it's to hard like to, to latch onto. Well, I would say the Eucharist is a obviously pretty good, obviously the Eucharist. Yes. But and like, if, you're ta- ta- if, that, if that was a pun, I think that was a pretty good one. Well, is it, 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 I, it didn't intend it to be, but okay. you know, sometimes things happen really well. Okay. But it um, is, so like, what, well, what so is it's the... Hard, it's hard for me to say, oh, it's going really well, because I could say that here in the Tol- Diocese of Tulsa, but that doesn't mean Oklahoma City right. or, or yeah, Wichita because, or you know, Detroit our di- or wherever. Our diocese is really great. We, we can, I feel right. like we have the I, ability I will tell you, to pull I'm, it off. I'm a big fan of the uh, Archdiocese of Detroit, what they do. I, I really respect what they're doing up there. They do a really good job. Really? Yes. They have a, a really great communications team. Um, they And they put forth a lot of effort and creativity and like think outside the box. Big fan of them. Shout out to you guys. I have a critique on the Diocese of Detroit. Zero priests last year. They're like way bigger than the state of Oklahoma. We pumped out several priests last year. Uh, they have a new campaign like praying for seminarians. Great. Okay. I so, dig it. Good. They realized maybe okay. I, I didn't realize they had that. They had zero, uh, but, but but you know what? Hey, that's okay. I mean, like you you have zero. You're responding, right? Perfect. So that's the right thing to do. They do have a campaign. It's really it's actually a really beautiful like storytelling type of video uh, to, that they, they use to launch the campaign for praying for vocations. Starts out with the old guy in the in in a chapel, and he's like starting to pray, and then another lady walks in and like joins in the prayer, but. They're separate, you know. They're praying at the same time, but n- not at this, like not in the same location, almost. And then another person walks in, and another person walks in, and they're all starting to pray the same prayer. And then you see a little little boy like walk in, and they're and he's praying it. And then all of a sudden, he like feels this inspiration to to get up, and he gets up and he starts walking down the aisle. And as he's walking down the aisle, he transforms into this little boy into a priest. Nice. And it was like that was a that was a good creative video. Like it was well, really well done. I like it. So, but the Eucharistic conference, I don't know that's what or revival. I know that's not what we're talking about today, but what does it consist cuz I've heard that oh it's happening, mm-hmm. but I don't know what is happening. So the first year is uh for the diocesan wide. So it gives basically a full year uh it started out with Corpus Christi, uh uh-huh. and it started out uh the first year is all diocesan wide. So it's like for your diocese, you you build up a plan to execute in your diocese. So it's not like, hey, here's the schedule, here's what we're doing, but it's like, hey, you guys do what they, works they, for you guys. Yeah, well, like, they, get they, a ground movement going. Yeah, so they have a, a rough outline to give you guys, like, here's some bullet points or here's some things we think would work uh-huh. um, or, you know, that you could utilize. Some good suggestions. Some good suggestions. But it's obviously catered towards each diocese, right? So okay. each diocese should yep. should be able to dictate how they're going to do that. Yeah, and let's be honest. A diocese should be competent enough to be able to do something successful in its own diocese like that it knows would work for itself well and ideally i mean we're just rolling off of the synod right so we just had listening sessions yeah um for the first half this year to hear what people had to say about what they needed from the church what they want like what they what was working well what was not working well yeah um so you're taking that information and then we're applying it into the eucharistic revival the first year is to kind of set up the game plan to to make sure that um, it's catering towards your flock, so to speak. Uh-huh. And then the second year is parish-based. So it is you take that plan and you implement it into your parish. And then the, the third year is going out and, and evangelizing. So you're taking that and then you're going and, and, and calling out more disciples, bringing in more disciples. Best way, according to David Niles, to participate in the Eucharistic Revival is to sign up for an hour of adoration. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, so... Uh, Change my mind. No, I'm not going to because that's, that's that's the whole pitch that I made for our diocese. Yeah, um, I mean, just go inside. If you don't if you don't have an hour of adoration, you need one. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we've said this before on the show, but it's been a while, so I think it might make sense to say it again. If you don't have an hour of adoration, you got to really, um, 
I think you need to be honest with yourself if you're serious about growing in holiness. Because if you don't have an hour of adoration, unless you have a really, really good excuse, mm-hmm. you know, um, like, yeah. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a fighter pl- pilot and I am literally in the air all the time. You know, it's like, I don't know. That might not even be that good of an excuse. But basically, like, you could do it. You just need to figure it out. Um, because Jesus should be your priority. Mm-hmm. He comes before your family. He comes before everything, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you need him to be a good husband and mm-hmm. a good father. If you're serious about growing in holiness, you need an adoration hour. Yeah, so I think the best way to do that, if you don't have, if your parish isn't, um, doesn't uh, provide you with an adoration hour, because there's a lot of parishes that don't. Yeah. Uh, I think here's the best way to do it. This is just my opinion. Doesn't mean it's going to work. Doesn't mean it's, you know, it's the best advice, but this is just how I think you could get some effect quickly. Uh-huh. Find uh, two or three other men that you are friends with who will dedicate an hour. And then you guys figure out what three hours you can string together, three to four hours that you can string together consecutively. Uh-huh. Then you go to your priest and say, Father, um, David, Juan, Jim, and I are willing to start adoration on Wednesdays from 6 p.m. till 10 p.m. Will you, you know, expose the adoration for us and put it and, and put it away if we could do that? If we and we we will we're dedicated to doing this. Uh-huh. And then if he says yes, then what you do? Then you start recruiting heavily. Right. Then you say we are now doing adoration at Wednesdays from 6 to 10. Will you join us? Will you commit? Will you commit? Don't ask like, hey, just come. No, no you, you need to ask people for commitments. Right. right. Like, you will come every week. Right. Um, and then, then it's growing, and then you start, so you start out like with three, four hours of adoration a week. Yeah. And then you have four or five people in for each hour, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, can you take actually Thursdays, and what about Fridays? So then we got Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays covered. Right. right. And then I think you can grow from there. So I think the best way to do it, because priests get hit up with, with one thing that I have, I, I have realizes that priests get hit up with ideas all the time. A lot of the ideas are terrible. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of them are really dumb. Really, really bad. But if you can say, I have a plan, and I already have a way to implement the plan, all you have to do is say yes, and then we can make it happen. Well, and expose the Eucharist. Right, And but, you know, you can have... Hopefully maybe, you have a deacon who can do it. Maybe yeah. a deacon, or, you know... Then uh, the... Yeah, the, if you can get a deacon to be one of the members... That would be even stronger. Yeah. Uh, then you have a better shot at making those things happen. And if that doesn't work, find a parish near you. I mean, chances are there is a parish who's already having adoration mm-hmm. somewhere. You know. Also, if you if you get uh, you know gather together and say like, listen, guys, let's make these four hours for an increase in vocations to the seminary. Right. And then when you pitch Great that idea. to your to your priest, say like, listen, Father, we want to increase seminarians. Or Tell him that you're going to dedicate those hours for his personal priesthood. Yeah, that's even. Yeah, that's even. I mean, because really if he's your par- if he's your pastor, like, like, hey, you're my pastor. Like, we want to come and pray before and the Eucharist in, piety, in order in order to pray for your personal priesthood for our parish. I think that's strong. He won't do it. I think it's strong. He's, he's gonna. Have, yeah. So that's pretty tough. But anyway, sorry. Okay, so we're gonna, no, I, we I think that was great. Bit, yeah. I think that was great. Was we'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, the duties of marriage according to St. Thomas Aquinas in a homily. In the next people. segment. In the next Most segment. probably. Yes. Maybe. Whether you want to pray a daily holy hour or you want to hit up adoration once a week, we have a guide that is designed to help you show up and open yourself to Christ. It's downloadable and it's mobile friendly. Go to xs90.com slash tcms. That's tcms for the Catholic Command Show. xs90.com slash tcms for a downloadable mobile friendly guide on how to make a holy hour. Welcome back to the Catholic Command Show. Sipping on a little bit of Japanese whiskey. The Matsui? 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 That was bad. I, I assume it means like a, a big wave based on the label. There is a big wave on the... There's a picture of a big wave. Mm-hmm. 
That is an assumption, though. I will tell you that. I said it. I said it, it, it I'm yeah, assuming. You're right. Yeah, it could mean something totally, totally different. different. If you speak Japanese, let us know. You can go to uh, at Catholic Man Show on Twitter or Facebook and let us know how big of an idiot we are if you want to. So we're going to talk about the uh, we're going to talk about marriage today. Talk okay. about. Uh, I, I, so I was reading this last week. I was reading actually something different. I found a bunch of homilies by St. Thomas Aquinas. Now, these homilies mm-hmm. are not actual, like, him writing down, here's what I'm going to say. What I've learned, like, what I learned when I did a little bit of back study is a lot of the pupils uh, of the time would take notes on homilies, lectures, things of that sort um, in preparation for uh, just their academic uh, work, right? And so, uh, these are not his specific handwritten homilies but it's a compilation of his homilies that he gave that people wrote it it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't write down his homilies that he just like thought about he thought about it for a minute i feel like like dr matthew minor would like know this answer but yeah maybe um i I just feel like he was so smart he didn't need to write things down he just knew i'm going to talk about this because i know it so well Right. I can just tell you about it. He had such an ordered mind. Right. That's you know, what I everything mean. was 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 the so fact that well he could ordered. like dictate three different things at the same time. And the second one has four different distinctions that we have to go over. Right. You know, so it, it just the way his mind worked was was incredible, which is why he's the universal doctor of our church. Uh, so, yeah. but I was reading through some of these homilies, and I, I came across several. I, I actually, the, first, the one that I really wanted to talk about was hospitality because he gave a great. Uh, the laws of hospitality. He gave a great sermon on this, mm. uh, but I feel like I hope know, I'm not breaking any. I uh, probably no, am. No, I, I think you're doing well. Oh, praise God! As a friend, I think you're doing well. Thank you. However, I felt like we've been talking about hospitality quite a bit in the last few episodes, so I thought like maybe I'll, I'll wait and we can do that one another time. Okay. But one of the ones he he talked about that really struck out to me was he's talking about the duties of marriage, and he gave this homily the second Sunday after Epiphany. Uh, contem- uh, talking about St. John's Gospel on the wedding feast at Cana. And it's beautiful how he will actually take one sentence from the Gospel reading and basically make his whole homily on that one sentence. Yeah. It's just incredible. John Paul II. Yeah, it. that's right. exactly what I was about to say. It's yeah, very like similar to... The, the theology of the body, you know, Sa- like... Genesis 2. Like right, we were exactly. Just, we're just going to go and through... He, man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife and the two become one flesh. Like, he had weeks and weeks and weeks on that one verse. That one verse, that's right. Uh, but what really stood out to me is, if you remember, recently we had Deacon Harrison Garlic on the show, we talked about how to read the Bible like St. Thomas Aquinas and Dante. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the four four ways to read it? Uh, you know, like, I remember some of them. I'm okay. not going to be able to... So, so like, yeah, because I sprung this on you. But, so, the, the what literal? What is the literal? Okay. Right. One is the, uh, is the moral. Yes. One is the... Um, uh, Anagogical. Yes, the anagogical, like like how does it apply to, to like, the end? T- right. And then I don't remember the last the one. The allegorical. So okay. we have, oh yes. Yeah. Okay. So the literal, the allegorical, the moral, and no, the anagogical. Not necessarily in that order. Right. So those are the four those are the, that that's the order that we went right. in. So uh, again, so what's the it literal, actually saying? What's it morally saying? What's no, no, it no. what it actually saying? The uh, allegorical. What's it actually saying? That's the literal. It's literal. Then the allegorical. Okay, so now you're going in order. Yes. Okay. I'm just trying to stay consistent. Right. Uh, I the, said moral second. That's why I was... Right. Okay. And then moral is the third. Right. And then, like, what's it have to do with heaven? What's, right, like, heaven? Anagogical. Yeah. And so he actually breaks down, there are four marriages spoken in Holy Scripture, and he uses these four in marriage. Okay. In the context of Does marriage. Does he say what they are? Because it seems like there's a lot of marriages in Holy Scripture, but... Yes, but it's not like, it's not like the Josephite marriage versus... It, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about just like... I was just thinking about individual marriages, maybe. Yeah, that's not what he's talking that's about here. That's not what he means. Okay. No, no, no. He's talking about there are four marriages... Uh, in fact, here, here's a direct quote. Four marriages are spoken of in Holy Scripture. The first, historical or literal. Okay. Uh, the second, allegorical. The third, tropological, which is also means moral. Tropological? Yeah. That's an awesome word. Yeah. I actually told Haley that earlier today. She goes, yeah, you could say that, and you could sound like a jerk, mm-hmm. or you could just say the moral, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's... 
Fair enough. I like to be a jerk sometimes. <laughs> uh, and then the fourth, anagogical. You so, will respect me as a jerk. So the literal, this is something that we need we need to talk about because we're very confused in today's world, what the literal form of marriage is. Yeah. Um, you know, is, is the literal union between a man it's and a woman? It's confusing how confused people are. Like, I get confused <laughs> about how confused other people are. Right, yeah. So uh, so the literal is is obviously the carnal union between man and woman. The allegorical is between Christ and his church, uh-huh. which you, you hear in Ephesians one. 5. Uh-huh. It's a great mystery. Um, the tropological, or the, the moral, is between God and the soul. Interesting. And the anagogical is between God, uh, is between God and the church triumphant. Oh. The end. I like. Anagogical, right? The end. Yeah, I like God it. God and the church triumphant. So I thought this, I thought these were really cool, uh, like just going kind of going through it. Now, unfortunately, because the pupils are the ones who are reading this, who are, who are uh, what is that dictating? Um, yeah, didact? he's di- he's dictating. He dicta- he's di- didact. Yeah, well, well, transcribing maybe transcribing. Yeah, they're writing down what he's his, his homilies. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all of the homilies are complete. Closed caption. Yeah, kind of like a closed caption. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Okay. It's closed caption. Yeah. Uh, not all the homilies are complete because I probably also some of the work is maybe not we don't have I don't know I but you'll read okay. through the homilies and you realize there's there are things missing here I know how Saint Thomas writes I've read some I read the Summa I know how he orders everything he orders everything and then there's a, a part that's missing okay so you know that there there are some parts that that, that may be missing here um, but so the first part you know, obviously a literal um, marriage. Uh, he talks about. Um, let's see. So he talks about there are, are three things uh, that represent that present good qualities for the literal marriage. Okay. Okay. Three things that are there are good qualities for the literal marriage. The first one, faith that the marriage bed be not violated. Faith. So like trust, you trust. Mean, not not in fact that it's not violated, but um, the fact that you would trust in in your spouse that it, right. yeah, like uh, the, the marriage bed. Yeah, I get that. Is not violated because that, if you have if you're suspicious, it's going to that breeds that breeds poison in your marriage. Mm-hmm. If if and you know what like if you uh, if you're suspicious, often it's because you yourself have failed in that regard. Yes. Like if you fail, if you fail in something like that, all of a sudden you'll notice you yourself are now becoming suspicious of the other one, and it's, and they haven't done anything. It's you, right? Like, you you have a defense mechanism, right? So the defense mechanism is you're guilty of something, right. and that you're hurt, you're worried you've wounded somebody, and you're worried that person's going to wound you back, even if they don't know that you've wounded them. Now, also, they may maybe you've been wounded, and so like that's it. But but I, I get that the faith having that trust with one another mm-hmm. that is a really beautiful thing in marriage. Yes, and one of the beautiful things also about Aquinas when he when he um, gives homilies or whenever he, outside of like when he gives commentaries on 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 uh, scripture and things like that, it's just flooded with holy scripture. Yeah, right. So every almost every other sentence is backed up by scripture, which is just just goes to show you how well he knew scripture how it was like a part of him how he yeah. it was just living and breathing inside yeah. of oh yeah that him. is amazing i just want to say one more thing about this um just like in my own personal experience with marriage um my relationship with lady pamela was really the first one in my life that i was able to actually achieve like chastity throughout our courtship and it was just dude you're a liar you were such a liar in kindergarten you did have a girlfriend <laughs> what are you talking your sister is it, what are you like what are you talking no. about <laughs> No, in kindergarten. I don't remember like having... Amanda Kreidler? No, she was actually my girlfriend in eighth grade. We well, actually I mean, were... We were in kindergarten, well, too. Maybe. I don't, I don't remember she that. She may not appreciate us talking about her rem- on I our podcast. I don't remember that, and she's not Kreidler anymore, but... Right. Uh, anyway, so... <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, but, but when I dated Pamela, we actually were able to, because we were both committed to this, it made such a big difference in our, not only our dating relationship, but in our marriage, you know, because the fact that we were able to maintain that, we had that trust in each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you can't say no, your yes means nothing. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just want inc- to share that experience with people who are in a dating relationship right now. You got to commit to it for the sake of your marriage. 
Um, like it also can't be something that you you want and that they just go along with. Right. Trust me, because that's the situation I was in, and every other like I wanted chastity basically in all of my relationships, even in college, mm-hmm. um, which is weird to think about, but um, I did uh, so most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to be on the same like. But, but the like, fact that the person I was dating wasn't on that on that same ship with me, mm-hmm. most of the time they were fine with it. They're like, "All right, if that's what you want," uh, until I was ready to like change my mind in a moment of weakness. They were too, and. You know, so yeah. I had no support. So if you if you're not supported, if you're not both on the same level, right, then it's not going to work. Anyway, right. So I don't want to so, get too far. Off no, 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 you're not at all. So he always uh, backs up everything he says with scripture. So he uses this uh, the scripture: the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. He has power over the wife, or the wife no, has power over him, or bo- uh, probably yeah, both. Yeah, the, the wife has power. The, he, the husband, it's to become one. So it's not no longer the husband's own body, but the wife. Right. It, it's a, it's a husband and wife. Yeah. So it's off First Corinthians uh, twelve four. So every everything that he talks about is backed is up. backed up with with Holy Scripture. So, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, we'll get into the the other three, the other two, and then we'll get into the last three that he has. Okay. We'll be right back. For the last 35 years, Select International Tours has been in the business of helping people plan and enjoy their pilgrim trips. That's why here at the Catholic Command Show, we only use Select International Tours. Go to selectinternationaltours.com slash Show and sign up for our email list so you know when we will be taking our next pilgrimage. We're already going to Ireland. We're planning our next trip right now. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be a trip of a lifetime. Go to selectinternationaltours.com slash Show. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about marriage. One of my favorite sacraments, I will tell you, as a married man. Hard to pick a favorite sacrament. Baptism. Baptism is a really great one. Yeah, that's probably my favorite. But yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, you share in salvation. I feel like I could make an argument by saying that marriage was my like one of my favorites, or like. Another sacrament was my favorite because it presupposes baptism, you know, like well, marriage, yeah, as a sacrament, has as a sacrament, be. right? So, like, I, I could I could pick so, a different sacrament, extreme unction, right? Because <laughs> it's because obviously baptism is built into it, right? right you know, yeah. like one the one of the reasons why this one is my favorite is because it also includes baptism. It means I have all and the another one, yeah. right? Exactly. So. Anyway, uh, so the so we're talking about uh, Aquinas's uh, homily that he gave on marriage, and he's talking about the four uh, the four types of marriage that were spoken in Holy Scripture: yeah. the literal, the allegorical, the moral, and the analogical. Uh, inside the literal, he also talks about. So we talked about faith that uh, marriage, the marriage bed, not be violated. The second mm-hmm. thing he says mm-hmm. is offspring that children may be generated for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right, so he said he talks about which I think you know that's really the you know the purpose of marriage is for offspring. Right, the the primary there's all there's secondary there's there's other uh, there's others obviously, but it's for offspring. Right, and for the Lord, I feel like that part's important. Right, every time that I've had a child, I have you know held this newborn baby in my arms and like knelt down and prayed and told like offered this child to the Lord. They're like, hey, Jesus, this this child you've given me is such a gift and i realize that this daughter is your daughter before she's mine this is beautiful too he, he so he quotes uh uh first timothy 215 i believe 215 he says uh, uh saint paul to, to, to the letter to uh, saint timothy he says she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith so i mean that is a beautiful thing to think about right is that through through your offspring, you should be saved in childbearing. Yeah, it's a salvific act. Sure. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it kind of goes along with love covers a multitude of sin. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, th- and what 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 more love is there than it, literally giving birth to new yeah, life? I mean, if you've ever watched a woman give birth to a child, it's absolutely incredible. Every time Lady Pamela has does it has done it, I've just sat there. 
afterwards, you know, within minutes. You're sitting there smoking a cigar, drinking right. a whiskey, like, this is like, incredible. Finishing my sandwich, going like, wow, she is working this is hard. incredible. Would you look, hey guys, look at that. But I'm not kidding. I just will like stare at her, be like, Pamela, that was amazing. Yeah. And every time it's just like, I love you. Oh my, you are incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the third one he talks about, so uh, faith, offspring, the last one is an oath that neither will be separated from the other. So it's a permanency, okay, right? Yep. It's 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 the sounds like it's a, the, every the building block to, yeah. of community, right? Is that the reason why we're we're coming together? Is that we're entering? But into Adam, what if like at like five years in, you're just not happy anymore? Right. <laughs> then you you know. Oh well, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right, of course. There's taxi backsies there. <laughs> um. So yeah. So he talks about that. Taxi backsies. <laughs> Uh, so he, he continues talking a little bit more about uh, the literal, and then it, the the homily stops. Okay. Now you and I both know that if Saint Thomas Aquinas puts out four, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna expound. He's all gonna four. expound on all four. Yeah. It doesn't here. Okay. What? Um. So this is this is the part. Does where that make you mad? Like it? <laughs> it's kind of like you're reading and it stops. Like what? Right. It's it's almost like whenever you the story of. Uh, people asking St. Thomas Aquinas, like, you know, if you could have anything in the world, what would you want? And people were... The one page of Aristotle. The one page of Aristotle. Yeah, people were asking, what would you want? And, every, you know, his brothers or, or other people around him was like, oh, I'd love all the wisdom, or I'd love all the uh, gold, or I'd love all the power, or I'd love, you know, all these different things. Saint, you know, Thomas, what would you like? And he's like, that one page of Aristotle that we don't have. That really, that's really what that's he said. That's what he said. Yeah. Is there one page of Aristotle we don't have? Yeah, I mean, there's actually a lot of pages of Aristotle we don't have, but I forget if it's in the ethics or or politics. I forget which un which unfinished work. Yeah, it's some unfinished work that That's that we hilarious. don't have. Um. So okay. So but so I think the other ones we can kind of talk about and and and, and, and kind of dissect a little bit more. So it's like obviously the allegorical Christ and his church. Uh huh. So this is very interesting, right? That that St. Paul in Ephesians 5 really unites uh, this, it really brings to life this allegorical concept that that husband should love his wife as Christ loved the church. Yeah. What did Christ do for the church? But he died and laid down his life and shed all of his blood for the church, um, which is what... Looking at you, husbands. Right, looking at you guys. Like, what you know, what are you doing? Um, but it that's a, a weird concept to... You know, if you think about it, you have the church is the female, Christ is the male. The you know the church is to receive the salvation. Mm -hmm. uh, inside of that church is the mystical body of Christ, with Christ at the head. But then you have male and female inside of that. Like it just kind of gets. Yeah, it is. Especially as a man, it's more complicated. For for women, they can sit there and receive. Always mm -hmm. be receptive, right? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which is really great. Like that's, I'm I'm really glad for that because, like, the way that they do that is so amazing. I just love, I just love the receptivity of of women. Which is why we also say, well, but I say women are typically holier than men. I think so from because, a natural yeah. basis because they because yeah. they do receive. I think you're right. Easier, which but, is like a letting go of pride. Is really what that is, right? It's a letting go of pride. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um. And there's humility in receiving. Mm -hmm. For us as men, though, it gets a little bit more complicated, you know, because we're we have to we're called to be initiators while simultaneously receiving receptive initiators. Right. Um, it's like this we servant receive, leadership type of thing. Right. Exactly. We receive. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's a servant leadership. We receive from the Lord while also leading our family with that which we have received. Right. I mean, and that's that's the important thing that we still as humanity as creatures need to be receptive first you mm -hmm. know and that's why a prayer life is so important because if you're not spending time with the lord then you're not receiving okay mm -hmm. you're not you have to have that so that you can initiate with your family i, I mean but it's you have to have that order mm -hmm. otherwise your life will be disordered and you'll have chaos right which brings us to, to the moral right which brings us to uh this idea that it's between God and the soul, which I, I would imagine this that, that one I think is the most interesting. I actually get, I think I would have guessed 
first, I wouldn't have guessed these, but like if you give me a thousand years, I think I would have guessed the marriage between God and the church triumphant before I would have guessed God and the soul like that. This So this hmm. one is the most interesting to me. Okay. With God, you mean God the Father or like the whole God? I think he just means God, God. like just God in general. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, but, I would yeah. imagine. Okay, so I, I would imagine this is just me, my speculation that he would really uh, hearken back to St. Augustine talking about that the heart is restless until they rest in thee, right? So the, that uh, we are constantly, we desire happiness, we desire joy, we are, we are made for the infinite. And if we try to fill up this void with finite things, we end up being... Uh, unhappy, regardless of how much finite things that we we fill Profoundly in. Profoundly unhappy. Uh, yeah, and so this union between God and the soul happens when everything is rightly ordered, and we are living in the way that we are created to live. Mm-hmm. In a state of grace. State I, of, I feel uh, like that's the ba- the bottom line. Would you say? You know, having if you're in a state of grace. You have that marriage between God and the soul. If you're not in a state of grace, then you have been, you've kind of divorced yourself mm-hmm. from this particular marriage that, that Aquinas is talking about. Yeah, because, yeah, it's so a God and the soul. Because now your soul is dead. You've separated yourself from the source of life. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're no longer in a marriage, so to speak, mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. Um, because of uh, you know, because of mortal sin in your life, now you've separated. But if you have that, if you are in a state of grace, um, meaning that you have not committed mortal sin, unrepentant mortal sin, then yeah, you have. Then then it's present. That seems to me. I mean, it seems to yeah. me like that's what he's talking about. Yeah, I was just th- I was th- thinking about like how this union between God and the soul is so life regenerative, like. Uh, re- uh, regenerating rege- regeneration yeah uh, um because it the grace fulfills us and, and like it is outpouring to others right so it g- gives to others it's just such right. a yeah. it's just such a love that comes in and then goes out to towards others right yeah. so everything and this is the same thing with uh, the literal right you love somebody so much that you give your whole self to them right. to somebody else it's always pointed towards the other so much that nine months later you have to give it a name name right uh and so with God and the soul, it's like God giving you this grace. You you're using this grace to build up His kingdom, uh-huh. to order your life in a way that is uh, to where you are built towards heaven and bringing people with you. But just like in a marriage, which is important, I think that you know the the end is each other in a marriage. The end is not children. Children are the fruit of that of of that relationship of that marriage mm-hmm. but just like this particular marriage between god and the soul the ends are each other right so for the soul the end is god um and and not the fruits that they bear they they do bear fruit right yeah yeah that's yeah because it's an intimate union between but, one another but and the you, end is god not not the good works grace. that yeah. flow from no, them. that's yeah. that's a great point uh so if you're listening on the radio right now we I have ran out of time. Go to check out thecatholiccommandshow.com. You can check out this podcast and over 300 that we've done uh, throughout the last, what, six years. Uh, we are also going to be in Ireland, so check out our social media because we'll be posting a bunch of really cool pictures. Oh, yeah. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Yeah, so the last one is the anagogical. Would you like to revisit? The last one is is anagogical, which, as uh, Deacon Garlic talked about, that it is the. Um, oh yeah, give him a, just a little swig of that. Jim. Jim, there you go. You can have a little swig. We talk. This is a new glass. Jim, seat. this is the one we were talking last week about what on the yummy scale you would put this. Now, it's a rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we designated for you that you, we thought we it decided would be, that you would both put it pretty high on the yummy scale. Yeah. So if you remember when we were talking uh, with Deacon Garlic, I don't know about you, but when we were when we were talking about the, these four levels of how to read scripture, and uh-huh. he, he brought up the ana, uh, anagogical, that was uh, something that 
Is that it, the um, es- what I call the eschatological? Yeah. Yes. That's not a new. That's not a new thing for me. But just the terminology and the way it was phrased was anagogical. Is not a word that I really know very honestly. I just don't know that. I know the word eschatological, which is like no less. I mean, that's also like a, a really a, weird you know, word, like a, a million dollar word. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to reward you three points. Thank you, but but I'm just more familiar with eschatological. You know. <laughs> Vin. I get three points. Well, you don't know how valuable the points are, Juan. I mean, yeah. they're all the they conver- are the conversion so rate, valuable. The conversion rate is ridiculous. I mean, if we're talking in dollars, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So the anagogical or the eschatological is pointed towards the end, pointing towards the heaven reali- okay. the okay. heavenly reality in which we are destined to. Okay. And so he uses this as God and the church triumphant, God and the people who are in heaven. Adoring him for all of eternity. Yeah. So, I mean, this to me, uh, it's just like, I really love this concept, which is not something I've really actively thought about before, but, um, you know, with marriage as a vocation, this particular marriage is everyone's vocation, no matter what your earthly vote, whether you're a priest, whether you're married, whether you're single, no matter who you are, what state of life you're in, this, we're all called to a marriage, and it is this marriage, the, the wedding feast of the Lamb, mm-hmm. right, where Christ espouses himself to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, w- every single one of us have and share this vocation. And it's just like, like it's given me a lot of joy to think about right now. Um, just that in all, for all eternity, we will sit there and bask in just this um, union of love. Right, just mm. to gaze upon love itself and to be embraced by it in a physical way, because you know, like we're gonna get our bodies back, right? And it's gonna like take heaven to a whole new level. Ah, oh. I want to go there. I want to go there so bad. But I, anyway, I, I, I just love these things. Like, okay, literal. Obviously, I thought about literally being married. Right, mm-hmm. I've thought about that before. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we just baptized your fifth child. Right, I'm yeah, glad that you exactly. were literally tra- <laughs> But the, about the, this. these last two, I've, I've really appreciated thinking about. It's going to give me a lot to think about. Uh, but just that idea that, oh, I have a vocation to marriage apart from my earthly marriage. Mm-hmm. So you've thought about, you know, uh, in marriage, uh, the giving of oneself to another in a physical way. is uh-huh. There's a climatic moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that moment in heaven is going to be a, a, a very unique moment, right? So, like, uh, yeah, obviously, I don't, I don't not- even pretend to like. I, I think it's kind of. I think it's foolish to imagine it as like a physical pleasure. Obviously, right. obviously, I think that there will be there will be pleasure of all kinds, right? Of all the senses, but but to associate it with like some sort of sexual pleasure, I think is totally off base. I mean, in as much as, like, when you're in the womb trying to imagine what life will be like after you're born, mm-hmm. I think that but, times but, but a all billion... The good, but all the good points towards the heavenly reality of the good. It does, right. So, like, the, the climax of the marital union is a physical reality of... Absolutely. Uh, ...pointing towards the the metaphysical reality that we will be in in heaven. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think I think that it's... I, it's absolutely intentional. I don't think so. I know so. It's absolutely intentional that God created se- the sexual embrace to be so wonderful, pleasurable, mm-hmm. even even just physically pleasurable. Um, but to associate a f- just like a merely physical pleasure as if it will just be that. like, oh, it's going to be physical sure. pleasure except more. Right. No, 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 no I no, agree. No. It, it, because like because that, that's not even the highest pleasure, right? So... The intellectual, intellectual pleasure, intellectual ple- right, pleasure exactly. is even higher. It is is a higher higher degree than physical pleasure, which is why we'll be contemplating God. But I think it's also probable that it will be pleasurable in a way that we can't conceptualize. Oh, I agree. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? That there are but just the, things but, about our person that will be, you know, it will be a a, a joy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but but by contemplating these things, even though they are, it's like the you know the elementary student contemplating you know the idea of what algebra is going to be like. They have no idea what algebra is going to be like, right? But if they think Except of, that's more of a fear than a like, <laughs> yeah, maybe so. But if they're thinking about like 
thing about these things, it, it brings it draws them in to the love of that thing. Right? So even now, if we think about these things and contemplate about these things, even though we have such a unrealistic or such a elementary level understanding of what these things could be, it only draws us closer to loving our Lord and the desire to being with him. Sure. Because the things that he has provided us in this life, the physical pleasures, the uh, intellectual pleasures, all, you know, everything that has been good, the true, the good, the transcendental, transcendentals, like the reason why he provides those to us here on earth is that it gears us in, and propels us towards the heavenly reality that will be in the next life. Right. And so the more we contemplate about these things, the more we think about these things, the more we have our mind consumed by these things. Consummated even. Consummated even, the more we love those, these things. This is why also when like sexual temptations like uh, come about that are irregular or disordered, uh, it's, the, it's either your, you know, your disordered appetites or the devil trying his best to make you not think about the, our Lord. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the lack of thinking about the heaven reality that is waiting for you. Does that ever happen to you like, in prayer, you'll be like praying, and then like out of nowhere, all yes, it happens to me, or in the mass, and I just I I know, and I have to recognize, hey, I yep. see I see that this is a temptation, I and I I'm easily I'm going to reject this thought, you know, this mm-hmm. is what I'm called to do, and even though it's distracting me from my prayer, mm-hmm. I know that hey, this is what I'm doing now, and I know that like this is part of my prayer, mm-hmm. you know, this is like yeah, and if you pray for that. Pray for anybody involved in that thought. That's a and, that, and that's their, a great idea. Pray for them, like pray for their purity. Pray for their uh, for their charity. Hack right there, it's a prayer hack. Uh, it it will be fun. It's interesting how quickly that uh, thought dissipates whenever you pray for their purity. Because what happens is now you're bringing this distort this ordered thought that you have in your head, yeah, and bringing it back towards light. You're bringing it back towards. Uh, the love of God and your your this disordered love that you had maybe for this person or whatever yeah. is now you're having this uh, the will of the good towards this person mm-hmm. and you're desiring their good right and then the devil can't play with that yeah like the devil can't play with there that. there are many times in my Dude, that's prayer a, life that's a shirt that well, that is a shirt if I've ever heard devil can't <laughs> devil can't play with that <laughs> where I will like images come to my mind about maybe certain DM. Vi- Maybe certain videos I've seen in my life, like my past life, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like inappropriate adult videos, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's exactly what I do. Is I just pray for that, pray for the either the woman, um, or and all the people, all the people <laughs> involved, like because it's not. But that hey, what's the timestamp right here? You're gonna have to find a way to edit this in such a way that it still like is a good point that I'm making. <laughs> You said how you're praying for somebody in your mind. So I, I, when like when that happens, I will pray. I'll pray for those women that you know are coming to my mind, right? Uh, for my sinful past, because um, that I that's like an antidote to that temptation. First of all, it needs it's a thought that needs to be rejected, but also it's mm-hmm. something that can be transformed, just like what you're talking about, into something good, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so, like I, that, there's something like marriage esque about that, right? That well, it's a true love, right? It's, it's a willi- true love. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's willing the good for the other. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What What, what do you think? Did you like? What are your thoughts on? No, like, I, I thought this was great to think about. It it just gives you a lot of new things, new ways to think about marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that particular vocation, which most of us most of us are called to. Yeah. Well, and, and it really goes well and piggybacks well off of Deacon Garlic's uh, episode that we did with him on the four le- ways. Yeah, it's of- interesting. It makes me wonder what other sa- like, but what Dave- other sacraments like does that do those lenses mm-hmm. right? How ca- how else can we read those lenses in the Bible? But Dave, I think uh, to Deacon's point in the recommendation of errors. You, you were saying there that, you know, that union with love, with, with God, is like erotic but different. I think that he would point out to the example of St. Teresa of Avila and the this, this statue where he's, she's contemplating. 
and it her body looks like she's having a, like a sexual ecstasy. Sure. To, to where it's like, I don't think it's either or. I think that is that overwhelming of our senses can just trigger our body firing in all cylinders. Sure. Right. First of all, though, that's just a statue. It wasn't like somebody actually witnessing the event. It's it's a beautiful statue, and I and I love the statue, and I I do think but the point I th- one I think the, first of all the point you make is is well made. But, that, well, but on top of the statue, though, I think in her writings she uses also like some sort of language. She uses like she a, does she like a like a penetration. Of she the does. Sphere but but or, once again, also things. she's still here on Earth, right? And so what the point I was trying to make is not that it won't be physically pleasurable. I think it will be. I think it'll be just phys- like uh, in hell. It will be physically tormented. Right. But what the point I was trying to make is that the pleasure in heaven will transcend the physical. That it like I, uh, Christopher West uses this analogy: when you're a kid, like a you know five year old kid, chewing bubble gum is like the best thing that you can think of. Yeah. And if you think, and if you carry that forward that notion, like, into heaven. That would be like a married couple on the night of their wedding sitting around chewing bubblegum together. No, he uses it at, he says, it's like chewing bubblegum. Is that not bub- what he says? No, he says, it's like chewing bubblegum. Like, you know, a little kid loves chewing bubblegum. And then they grow up a little bit older, and you are asking them, or you're telling them about the birds and the bees. You're telling them when a man loves a woman, and they come together, and they unite in the, the, the procreation act. He asks you, "Well, can I eat? Well, can I chew bubble gum while I'm doing that?" No, that sounds like a great idea, though. And that's, it's like that's—I have to tell you—that's actually not what he says. He says it's like a mirror. That—that is exactly what he said in his interview with uh, Michael Gormley, at least. Well, that's—that's the, that's what he that—that's that's okay. Well, that's not—that's that's not he, the. Uh, that was his words that he used. He there. might he may have said it that way. He may have said it that way. He probably has. What I'm talking about is from like his original like theology of the body CD set. He's probably he's probably I'm, like I'm, fine-tuned it. Right. He's then. like probably said it a hundred different he's probably said it like ten thousand different times. Right. A bunch <laughs> of different ways. Right. But I think that the point he makes the way that I was saying it is is key that hey, instead of consummating your marriage, you're sitting around chewing bubblegum. You know, because you think that this well, is it's this it's the same thing other than like Oh, while you're con- you don't understand really what consummating marriage is because you're worried about chewing bubble gum. Right, but if you think, yes, I get that. I think the analogy though you're is- a- you're, you're like thinking about a lower good when there's a higher good on the table. Right, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that instead of embracing the higher good, they're simply striving for lower goods and saying like, hey, no, let's let's just chew bubble gum. That's my favorite. That's my favorite thing to do. Yeah, you know what I mean. Anyway, so like one, I th- I do think. What was your yummy scale on on that rye? That's very good. It's very yummy. It's way up there. It's way yeah, up. It's there. way up there. I don't like rye. You don't like rye. I'm also not a big rye person. I I like I will drink rye. A but, rye guy. Right. I like rye old fashioned. What have they done to it? I mean, it's just like that rye was just, like it's a awesome. Bit, it hit it towards the end. I could taste the rye, but. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, one, I think I have uh, some speculative theology for you. I believe that when Mary conceived our Lord in her womb, miraculously, virginally, that she experienced more physical pleasure in that moment than any person has ever experienced on on the face of the planet. Well, yeah, but that makes it sounds like I was trying to say is like it's not either or. It's not that she didn't have any sexual pleasure. It's just that it's like an overabundance of just all your senses engaging everything. Just like when you're in heaven, sure, every sense is engaging, right? So it's like an overwhelming of of pleasure, right? It's not. It's not like you didn't have anything. Oh yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Is that but if you think about it, just as sexual pleasure. Yeah, it's not then just you're totally yeah, off yeah, base. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying is that I'm with it's you there. I'm with way you. beyond that. In fact, it's kind of like leave sexual pleasure in the dust. You know that it's going to be something probably beyond what we can even imagine. Mm-hmm. In fact, not probably. 
It will, it will be. be. It will be. It will be. Right. And yeah. so to even think about it in terms of sexual pleasure is an idiotic thing to do. Because See, that's where I disagree. Because I think that the Lord gives us these sexual pleasures in order to to make us re- like to to make us realize these these are the goods that okay. will happen. So I don't think it's idiotic because this is what Christ has given us these these instruments to well, okay. to make them to make us realize these are the goods that we will be having in heaven. But we can't think about the things that are in heaven. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, but God has uh, prepare prepare for. That's us. why it's idiotic. Because but, I has not seen, but but Adam, I'm I'm not insult. I don't mean it in an insulting way. But okay, so the things that we have on this earth now, they are signs that point to greater realities. They're if lower goods. If you're trying to get to Chicago, it would be idiotic to cling to the sign that says Chicago, because that sign is just a sign that points. You're trying to get to Chicago. Right. And if you're sitting there clinging to the sign that says Chicago, that's an idiotic thing to do. What sure. you need to do is follow the sign. You use the sign. Point, exactly. But the sign itself the sign itself falls infinitely short. Yeah, I agree. So to think of the heavenly realities in terms of sexual pleasure, I believe is idiotic. Be, not not in an insulting way, just in a in an actual way that because the, the heavenly reality will transcend sexual pleasure yeah. so much that it, it just, it's no, not I, even, I, it doesn't I, even participate. I mean, it's, it's not even real anymore. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying, but I'm just saying, like, there's a difference between clinging onto the sign and using that sign to get you to, the, to Chicago. Sure. Yeah. Like saying, it's going to be like one million orgasms for 800 years. You know, that's, that's a, that you're using that which God has given us in this life to have a a measure of of pleasureness right well, but, but yeah, see I but I don't uh, yeah. but see that's exactly what I'm talking yeah, about Juan hit it on the head because when you talk about oh oh no yeah. sexual pleasure is the that no I think we should think about it that way okay are we going to be orgasming in heaven well, we'll Adam have, we'll have ecstatic love we will, we will have erotic ecstatic love. love but but like it's not going to be like this constant orgasm right that's the thing is that that's that's the whole point and I think that sometimes when these things can be misconstrued in that way it's important to point out no that's not what it will be it will be so far beyond that yes I agree no I agree with that I'm just saying like yeah I, I this is good this is a good right. example. yeah no I agree but I'm saying like the goods that we have, they do point point us, and when you use these goods to, to remind us that for what God has prepared for for us, for those who love Him, this is this is a good. Right, of course. That's what I agree. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. I'm saying that if yeah. you think I, about I'm not heaven, hanging on as, in as terms of, of orgasms or in terms sexual pleasure of uh, just intellectual knowledge, thinking about heaven in terms of sexual pleasure is idiotic. But is isn't sexual pleasure more than orgasms though? Like just love. It is. But it's still idiotic. Like I can have sexual love from my wife that is not physical. Because I'm still engaging my senses in how I'm loving my wife. There is sensual love. What's the end though? No, one there's a difference between sensual love and sexual love. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So no. The The Catholic Mitchell, where we talk about orgasms for uh Couple, like ten minutes. We so didn't, we, we didn't even give Jim a Kathy pour. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. I'm interested? In I don't. I, I don't even believe it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, it's gonna take a lot of work to get me to believe that that in fact is true. <laughs> All right, let's cut it. I'm gonna cut that last part out anyway. I figured you would. That's yeah. why you outsaid it. I gotta do some editing, but it was my own fault.